and talking to our friends. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Hellboy Book Club. My name is John Salinas, and I'm here with... Aubrey Lovelace. And I'm Danielle. And I'm Matt Strackbine. Matt's back. Hey, Matt. Hey, the letter Hello, back. hello. How's it going, man? I'm doing good. How are you all? Happy holidays and doing all that well. stuff. Same. Yes. Yeah, this is our holiday episode. Um, yeah, so I thought for the holidays, we'll have Matt back again. We had you last month. You know, what's funny is, uh, as I was getting ready for this episode, I went back and I listened to the episode where we talked about Hellboy and Hell. There's a lot of references to that in here. And we had just discussed Screw on Head, the previous oh, episode. Nice. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, right. Yeah. And then on this one, yeah, that was the last episode we did here. So anyway, that's fun. Uh, oh, back that's to back hilarious. to back to back. <laughs> it's all repeating. First it happened with Hellboy and then it's all, it's the frog version of us. Frog version of us next time. <laughs> all right. This is our Hell- <laughs> This is our Hellboy podcast. We're reading all the Hellboy comics. We're talking to our friends. We've watched all the movies, did commentaries for those. We read some of the books, did all the animated movies. And here's Danielle to tell you all about it. No, my shark vines can tell you all about it. Oh. Uh, first, we're going to read a thing. And then you're going to hear us talk about the thing. And then you're going to send us a correspondence about that thing, which will most likely be a, hey, you damn guys. And yeah. then we'll read that back and reply to that. And then we'll do it all over again. Back yeah. to you, John. Yeah, yes. very, very efficient there. I love it. Thank you so much, Matt. We have a lot to talk about on this episode, so let's get straight to it. Let's go to our listener feedback. Listener feedback. Get out, trades and floppies. Get out, hardback copies. Digital is fine. Read along in time. Get out. We got a Hey You Damn Guys from Spencer Stepniewski. Spencer Stepniewski. Book club member. Yeah. He said, hey, you damn guys, 2.0. So surreal hearing something I wrote read out loud on my favorite podcast. To answer your question from last week's month's episode, yes, my business, Summerland Woodworks, has an Instagram account. So he shared that. I'll share it on uh, the show notes for the episode. Cool. Cool. Um, Yeah, woodworking is awesome. I want to check that out. He said, I actually just started my own business a few months ago after my old boss retired. So... Things are very new. The podcast has actually helped center me and my anxieties during this overwhelming but exciting time. So thank you. And now for this small, okay, now that I've edited not so small, oops, Uh O'Donnell moment on Amazing Screw on Head. Thesis, the Amazing Screw on Head shared universe is the same shared universe as Hellboy and Company in a similar way that Lobster Johnson pulp stories and luchador movies are universe adjacent and yet to some extent still representative of true events. That is to say, the events within the stories did indeed happen, though exaggerated or bastardized. Walter Edmund Heap, the in-universe author of Amazing Screw on Head, reminds me of Norvell Cooper, author of The Lobster Johnson Pulps. Both are barely remembered authors who died in general obscurity and never respected for their work. Footnote, even more interesting is that the Heap trilogy of stories about a small mechanical head seem to be different from the Amazing Screw on Head that we are familiar with. Suggesting that Screw on Head may be the canon version of events and the mechanical head more akin to the Lobster Johnson pulps. Even the differing name echoes the misnaming of this titular character. 
Johnson being the literary addition to the lobster, mm. right? So he's just the lobster in real life, but Lobster Johnson is the kind of fictionalized version of it. I like that. That's pretty cool. However, the other curious object stories that are clearly in the same universe as Screw on Head show no evidence of being written by Heap. There seems to be a completely self-contained universe independent of Heap's writing that leaks into or is perhaps completely within the Hellboy universe. I would love to see a crossover with Langdon Everett Call and his O.N.'s buddies, and indeed all the accompanying characters. For example, Screw on Head is reminiscent of the Sledgehammer armor and the metal monsters of Midtown, or even the Hyperbarum underground robots. Not to say that he is the same as those beings, only that there is a precedence in the world for such beings. There are these kind of different... You can see yeah. the different robots. I, I, I've never really thought of that. That's interesting. He goes on to say Abu Gang is a cut-rate version of Thoth, and the turn of supposedly containing his soul, yet housing far greater power, reminds me of the right hand of Doom. The puppets from The Witch and Her Soul, Hanks and Mankel, are similar to Jenks and Dean from the Hellboy stories. The old woman in Hellboy and Hell is a titular dead ringer for the witch. The Prisoner of Mars story has both Ogdrahelm-like possessions and soul transforms to a robotic body like the Oana's boys or even Johan. Then all these stories tie in with the Magician and the Snake, whose solid objects are definitely both important and, more importantly, real in the Hellboy universe. To me, this seems all too coincidental. I think I just spent a little too much time with what is most certainly headcanon about a small mechanical heads ontology. Baby doll, that's all I ever do. That's all I ever do. God, yes, you merry gentle folk. Good night. Spencer Stepniewski. Nice. Well, thank you, there Spencer. You yeah. Wow. That, I love that theory. I mean, it's great. Yeah, I do like um, all the different parallels that he pulled. I should like put some side-by-side comparisons. Maybe I could do that for some of our social media accounts of like, some of the different robots and just see what they all look like together. Cause yeah, there are a lot of similarities there. I, think I really like that. Building headcanon is in a lot of ways, one of the highest forms of appreciation for something like a book or a movie or whatever it is. I think that that's something that, you know, you're spending all this time thinking about this world and building upon it in your own imagination. And I think that says something about the initial work itself and and how you've connected with it i think that that's desirable for create a creator i yeah. think it, or i think it would be you yeah. know right like if you've spent however much time thinking about it and and um interacting with it in that way that's good i think that's good yeah man i i love all your feedback so far so yeah keep them coming gonna hate you damn guys from nathan corrado Nathan Carrado. Book club member. Yeah. There we go. Nathan says, hey, damn guys. Just finished these episodes with Matt Streckbein. He gave great insight. Excited to see if you guys bring on some of the other book club members that have been writing in almost every week. Or maybe Matt sticks around. <laughs> maybe Matt sticks around. We'll oh, see. <laughs> we'll see if that guy sticks around we'll or see. not. <laughs> I wanted to share some thoughts I had. You don't have to read them on the show. Or you can. And I'll hear them in like a year or so when I catch up. <laughs> oh, man. You talked about one of the creators doing an interview about breaking things that can't be fixed. And you guys discussed how the characters changed and grew from things that happened to them. I agree with that. But my one exception is Liz. I like Liz as a character. She's great. So don't get me wrong. She's been through some shit and she's grown a bit, like gaining more control over her powers early on in the Plague of Frogs cycle. But most of her developments have been... She's AWOL, she's back. She's hampered by an asshole, she's back. She's kidnapped, she's back. She's AWOL, she's back. 
Honestly, I think it's kind of because she's been so effective or quote-unquote overpowered since the beginning. Having Liz at full capacity for every story arc would probably lead to her saving the day most of the time. Or the reader wondering why she isn't, a.k.a. the Thor problem. Right. I've seen it a lot in TV shows, comics, animes, etc. Yeah, or Professor x yeah, You've yeah, got a yeah. Professor X him. Yeah. You got to take mm-hmm. him out, or else he would just literally solve all the problems. Yeah, Liz doesn't really feel like she's breaking. She goes through shit, but then she's back. She kind of feels like a classic superhero in a way. Uh, two, James Harrell's amazing. The Abyss of Time was amazing. Yes. Okay. Oh, yes. Yeah. No arguments here. Three, building off that point, Howard's is already one of my favorite characters. Okay, well, you're correct. <laughs> it's your boy, Howard's. You're, it's your boy, Howard's. Yeah, your opinion is correct. When Johan showed up in the first issue of BPRD, my first thought was, oh, God, it's going to be a superhero group book. But I gave him a chance, and he, in my mind, earned his existence in this world. Then Daimyo showed up, and he was an ass, and then I liked him. Then he broke my heart. But again, a character with a supernatural element that was well-written. It wasn't just another guy with superpowers. Yeah, I mean, they've all, they're flawed, and they have different, yeah, I mean, it's... Oh, man, I love that Daimyo good stuff. Absolutely, yeah. So while I was weary of new supernatural characters at first, Johan and Daimyo were both such good characters. So I was dying for the next amazing supernatural team member. Phoenix showed up in New World. I kind of figured she'd be a team member. The explanation for her psychic powers being her merged with her dead sister is pretty cool. So I like her so far. I kind of count Yosef in here too, and he's cool. But Howard's is amazing. That was all caps, (laughs) y'all. Abyss of Time gave him all the backstory I need in a single issue, combined with the other sightings of the Hyperborean sword. Yes. So happy with this guy. He's the superhuman badass in these stories I never knew I needed. Four. The saddest part of Bruno and Kate's breakup is that she warned him before they got involved that her life and her job were too much for a relationship, but Bruno assured her it would be fine. She let down her guard, and then in the end, it was too much for him after all. But they're all they're only human, right? Wow. Yeah. They're only yeah. human. Okay, that's all for now. Nathan Carrado. Wow, that was awesome. Book club you, member. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm so glad that he's like really into Howard's because like he's yeah. really in in for some good. Oh, stuff. Oh yeah, you're in for it. He's oh, got some yeah. good stuff coming up that he's going to be able to check out. So that's awesome. Okay. So how far along is Nathan? I think the listener feedback said like episodes 45 or something like that. He was somewhere around there. Yeah. So he's not going to. Oh, well, this won't spoil it for him. Mm. If I No, because he won't say. listen to this yet. <laughs> right. It'll be. Yeah. Okay. So I love the uh, debriefing episode. Like he's really going to get a kick out of that. If he wants to hear other book club members like chime in that episode is epic (laughs) so i was just listening to that the other day i was organizing my comics right i'm down in my basement organizing like thousands of comics i'm listening to all these old podcasts and i was like i'm gonna listen to the debriefing and so in that we covered that comic i did after bprd 15 yes where it was you know the end right Mm -hmm. and in that and and i was like oh wow i i haven't heard this in a long time Right. So I listened to it and I was like, I, you know, I'm weary because I don't want to have main character syndrome, but I did make a comic about myself experiencing <laughs> that. So anyway, Aww, in the cute. comic, the first thing I did was go read a bunch of back issues and I landed on the sword, Howard's sword, mm. as a symbol of nothing is really over and endings are messy. And yeah, yeah. in these stories, yeah. everything can like kind of come up again. Right. And so then I was like, wait a minute. Like one of the very next things they did was the sort of Hyperborea series. 
Yeah. Like, did I nail it by drawing that in? Because I went right to the sword, and then that was like one of the very next things they did. Oh yeah. And so yeah. then I was like, hmm. and I think the first issue of that came out before Acheron. Synchronicity which we're read today. But so so then I was like, okay, well now I got to go read that, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm digging through my comics and I get uh, issue one out, and I'm like, hey, this isn't in a bag. What? That's weird. So I went to put it in a bag. And this is like the second time I've ever done this in my life. The cover like did that accordion thing <gasps> where just the front cover just like shredded. Oh. And I just sat there paralyzed like I'm never going to be able to find this comic again. Oh, and then no. it hit me. And then it hit me. Wait a minute. I was just listening to all these different fam, uh, uh, readership and, and fans of Hellboy on the debriefing episode. One of them's got to have it, right? Mm. So I quickly collected like a handful of comics I'd be willing to trade. And you you guys saw it, I'm sure. I well, I know John did. I saw uh, it, Because yeah. yeah. he came through. But I, I put the word out and I was like, this is what happened. I'm in dire straits. If anyone's got a second one, I'll trade you all this stuff for it. And so John's like, oh, no, I have one. I'll just send it. Yeah, we'll just so give then, you one. <laughs> like, of course, like the guy sends me both covers, right? The Christopher Mittens one. Yeah, the and, uh, cover. I figured so yeah, that way, and, if, if one of them messes up again, you'll always have a backup. You'll just have another one. Yes. Oh, yeah. And like, <laughs> like I'm never going to take them out of the bag again. They're st- like, I'll, I'll just oh, no. read it digitally if I have to, you know, or get the trade. But but so anyway. Um, Friendship. There is something there about the sword. That's a thing, right? Because it ends with frog guys running around with the sword. Yeah. Like at, in the end of the last uh, installment of that series. And it, this is a true like friendship. It's not just a book club. Like everyone's looking out for each other because there were other people on um, on that Facebook group that were like, well, if John doesn't have it, I'll hook you up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's anyway, nice. so that's, you know, just short story. Thank you so much for hooking me up. They, of course. They arrived. They're in great condition. And I I sent you something as a thanks. So I, nothing like wow, but kind of neat. So anyway, Aww. you should no, I be actually, getting them like over I, the weekend. I, I, or so. I actually got it today, Matt. Uh, I got oh, this package did? today. Oh. It was really cool. I was showing Aubrey um, before we started. Uh, there's an Eric Powell sketchbook in there. What? Let me yeah. see. Where, why so I didn't get to really see this cool. stuff? Yeah. Where is this stuff? Uh, it's sitting right there. That's like the first one. Yeah. I think that's his first one. And... Uh, and then there's the Thor 409. I fucking love that issue. Oh, the mighty Thor. It says, um, what does it say? Doom is 60 seconds away. Oh, man. <laughs> I yeah. love this issue. So um, it, it, It's it, the Manola short story in the back. Yeah. So this I actually I actually already have a copy of this issue, so maybe I'll give this I one away it. or something. But uh, <laughs> I knew but, you were going to have that. But, but, but I love That's this. It's a sweet notion, though. Yes, it yeah. is. And when I saw it right away, I was like, oh, yes, this is a great one. It's got a five-page Mignola Thor story in the back. Awesome. Um, awesome. It's a good really gift, cool. Right? It's very fun. Yes, I love that. Um, but this Eric Powell sketchbook, I was like, oh, I love Eric Powell. And if like flip through this, um, there's Hellboy art in there. The covers, yes. uh, awesome. the the pencils that he did for the Hellboy animated covers um, are in that sketchbook. Awesome. So Aww. that's very cool. Thank this you is so, so sweet. Matt. This is really nice. It is numbered. I think, yes. I think that Thor's the. One of the first times I ever saw him draw monsters with horns ripped off like Hellboy. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, had he done that before that? He probably did. I'm not probably, thinking of it. But, but is that comic before Hellboy? Is it before Next Men 21 or whatever? 90s, I guess? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one of, uh, what's his name, Joe Sinote's last comics he ever did before he retired. 
So that's I, like 81. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, that would I have be two way of before. Those. Oh. That was the guy who inked Kirby for all those years. Yeah, yeah. So that's why it kind of looks like Jack Kirby. But I had two of those comics, too, which is funny. I was like, I could part with one, and now you have two. Yeah. So pay it forward. <laughs> I will. I See, sure will. That's the thing is, like, John Salinas, man, you can't do him a solid without him immediately doing you a solid. <laughs> and look how I do him a solid. He's immediately going to do someone a solid. Uh, solid guy. That's how it goes. Anyway. That's how it goes. Yeah. All right, anyway, Albert. thanks for doing that. I of appreciate course, it. man. Aww. I'm so glad. Uh, I was even more happy to hear that it got there on your birthday. So I was like, yay. Happy oh, birthday. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. Birthday yeah. present. Yeah. Very He's good. He's a birthday boy. Yes. So uh, yeah. You know what else I got for my birthday? Check this out. Ryan Yule sent me three original pages from Hellboy in Hell. What? what? That you deserve these more than one. No, wow. he didn't do that. Book really club member. I'm just putting it out there in case he's so inclined next year. Yeah. Maybe maybe next year he'll uh My gosh. Maybe when he hears this he'll be like, "Oh, I should do that." <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. That's incredible. You deserve these wow. more than any. <laughs> Wouldn't that be crazy? <laughs> I would be like, dude, that's like three hundred thousand dollars worth of art. What am I gonna do with that? Right? Wow. Oh um, no, I was just I was flipping through Hellboy in Hell and I was like, man, he's got some of these. Yeah. He's so nuts. <laughs> wow. Wouldn't that be crazy? I know. <laughs> yeah. That would be great. That was a good one, Matt. We also got a hey you damn guy, some AT Johnston. AT Johnston. Book hey. club member. Yes. Hey, oh, just started a re listen from Sea to Destruction, and it hit me that, like the podcast Perfect Organism and Alien Saga podcast, the Hellboy Book Club could do episodes that are explorations of certain themes all across the Mignolaverse. What spurred me on to think about this was when you described the briefing in Wake the Devil, and Danielle calls out the Crowley portrait, which, as I may have said before, I was hoping one of you would notice, and which y'all got huge brownie points with me for. At this time, she says we don't. We don't have to go through all this stuff about Crowley, and sure, you didn't need to, but it should be fun to. Considering the rep guys like Crowley would have the BPRD, it's compelling that they'd have that pick in this briefing room. Also, when HB is stoked about Paprika Chicken, that's another Dracula reference. Mm. That's what Harker likes so much, he endeavors to get the recipe. Yeah. Yes, I never, uh. I didn't catch that detail. God, I love that, I love that detail even more. It was Very so good. good. Very good. Anyway, back to potential special episode topics. You could do so much. Ritual and Hellboy, various themes, etc. Anyway, it's great fun to revisit these old episodes. The Hellboy Book Club is one of the very first podcasts I ever got into, and you damn guys have been so amazing and Aww. literally became friends. Thanks to you all, and especially to you, John, for starting, helming, and continuing this wonderful project that has spawned such a beautiful and vital community. My life and the world would be poorer without it. Aww. Aww. So thank you. That's so sweet thing yeah. to say. Agreed. Nice. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, thank you. Really appreciate it. Yeah, I think that we could do... I, I've actually thought about that, about like doing um, episodes on certain themes, like whenever they talk about hyperborea or the golden city or whatever or whenever they talk about um the true history something like that yeah but but right now there's still comics you know what i mean like there's still more <laughs> comics to talk about so i think oh that, man just I, do do episodes based on hell notes yeah that's a great right? idea that's too. basically what that's basically what, what hell saying, notes like, are yeah you're right you're yeah. right yeah we should do one of those where oh. maybe we read a hell notes and then we talk about it and maybe we can talk about what's come out since, you know, um, in case like... Yeah, it's like using the research as the main podcast subject. Yeah, that's right? a good idea. Very good. Huh. huh. 
Hmm. Awesome. Thank you, AT. Yeah, that, you know, thank you, AT. That sounds like a lot of fun, too. Oh, you know, Mark has been doing some remarkable, uh, oh, get it, remarkable? Uh-huh. He's been doing some great <laughs> interviews over there. Yes, he um, just had a ton of really great interviews, yeah, um, with the whole team over at the Outerverse. And uh, I'll link all those in the show notes. He had interviews about Kashi and about Frankenstein, right? Oh, yeah. Spoilers abound. So, yes, it's, yeah. I mean, don't read it if you're not there yet, but it's great. He even got Mike Manola in there. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. wow. That's awesome. But it, AT does bring up a good point. Why do they have Crowley's picture in the briefing room? Why do they have that in there? Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I are they keeping an eye on him or is it just an Easter? Is it just a fun Easter egg or is it supposed to... You know, were they going to work that into the... They use historical fiction, so were they going to work that into the historical fiction somehow? Or hmm. put him in the O.N. society or something like that? Or I don't know. You know what I mean? I honestly, I hate to say it, but I kind of forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we had another Hey You Damn Guys from Nathan Carrado. We got it. We heard from him again. Nathan Carrado. Book club member. Yes, again. He said a couple more things I wanted to share. So I got this in a separate email a couple weeks later. I'm a few podcasts past your one-year anniversary episode. At this point, Matt asked Aubrey and Danielle how they don't read ahead. I'm reading these for the first time, and I just want to say thank you to them for not. <laughs> it's great to have a couple people in the same boat as me. It's also great to have a couple people who have read it all before. John and Matt are pointing out stuff that I think would take a few rereads to catch most of them. Speaking reading ahead while I'm only at Lake of Fire with my podcast listening... I wrapped up Devil You Know last night. So, wow, that's oh, already like... Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I really like wow. the finale of the series. I have seen some internet chatter about how it's rushed and not as good as when Arcudi was writing. It's definitely fast-paced, but I took it as stuff was happening fast to the characters. I think it only really ever got messy towards the latter half, but man, did they stick the landing. Hmm. Anyway, I'm sure this is nothing new to you guys. The main thing I wanted to say... I wrote a few weeks back about the creation breaking things that can't be fixed and how Liz felt like she would yo-yo in and out of the story but never actually break. Well, I take all that back. Oh, okay. (laughs) Kinda. I maintain that she didn't break, but in retrospect, she wasn't supposed to. And all the yo-yoing were trials she went through, and she didn't let them break her. And look where it got her. The world would not be where it is without her and her resolve. Last night, the term growing pains popped in my head regarding Liz's story. And now that's how I always think of it. She's become one of my favorite characters in the end. Finally, I visited my friend in Houston the other week. I read some of the hard-to-find stories via the Hoopla app on the plane. BPRD Vampire is amazing. Can't wait for more. You guys shouted out some local Houston breweries after a classic Danielle tangent, which rock, by the way. Okay. My friend hasn't been to any of them, but when I was there, we went to a brewery called Spindle Tap. If you guys haven't uh, been, you should you should totally check it out. Okay. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I know them. I've had some of theirs. Yeah, I wanted. To, I've never been there. He said they have a hard cherry cola that my friends referred to as dangerous. Oh. That's you should have hit us up. We would have gone out with yeah, y'all. Yeah, yeah. We would have gone drinking with y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Send us a, send you me know, a hey you damn guys next time you're gonna be in Houston. Yeah. His next correspondence is gonna be like, okay, geez, Matt asks why people don't read ahead a lot. Because I feel <laughs> like I'm constantly like we were talking about that off air before this episode. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's it's more like how can you resist? Right, right. right. I, yeah. I think that I've said before it's noble and and it's a very pure thing to read along with the uh the listeners out there, but I could I couldn't resist. It's yeah. like, no, I need it. 
And he's right. I have read all of these like over and over and over. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, um, my monies have been going elsewhere because it's like holiday times right now. But tomorrow I'm going to go to the comic book store and buy the latest issues of Frankenstein and the Kashi in hell because I need to get caught up. I'm like tired of not being in the circle of what everyone's talking about. So I'm going to go pick up all my comics and then read them over the weekend. So I'll be caught up. Very good. Else. So sometimes I have to read ahead too. All right, and now we're going to go on to our book club episode for the week. And this week we're talking about Sir Edward Grey Acheron. This is a 2021 one-shot written and drawn by Mike Mignola, his first full comic since 2016's Hellboy in Hell number 10. It is set after the events of BPRD, The Devil You Know, Ragnarok. So yeah, I mean, obviously we've been spoiling sort of Hyperborea and everything up until now but yeah we're definitely if you haven't read those stories you should definitely read them before you read this it's i felt like this was like a an epilogue to all of that you know like it's a shame the collected versions have already come out because i feel like this should be in there it should be like after ragnarok or something like that mm. right or maybe it's going to be included with the um kashi and hell trade Oh, there you go. Yeah. It'll probably be like a prologue to that. Well, it's funny. It's funny that you say that it, this is actually, uh, this when this comic came out, you're like, oh, you have to read this now. So this is like the first thing of Hellboy that I read, like when it came out. <laughs> oh, okay. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, and wow. so uh, I read it like, well, I guess months ago, but then I reread it for the podcast and all that. But man, this story is so good. Yeah. You know, what's funny is people used to get all bent out of shape because Manola would draw all the Hellboy, right? And then he stopped and other people started taking over and they were like, oh, he's he's just making movies now. He's too good for the comics. What? But yeah, I'm, that was the okay. general negative banter yeah, uh, wow. around that. But, Why don't you mind your own fucking um, business and just be grateful he drew anything for you at all, you nitwits? Jeez. <laughs> no, exactly. But, what the oh, hell? Also, also, like, when, you know, when he does do an issue, it's like, holy grail time you know what i mean it's yeah, like, this man. is the yeah. coolest thing you're gonna read this year also like, he draws one, constantly the guy could do one comic and like blow everyone else out of the water yeah so. yeah but he's constantly drawing and posting what he's drawing so like even the ungrateful like point of view that these people have taken is also factually wrong like just because he's not drawing yeah, the issues of the thing that you want him to draw it's so weird anyway that's a weird Way to go about well, life. No, but <laughs> I think I, agreed. I mean, there's a lot of like whining and very strange and stuff. But but um, at the time, and there wasn't a whole lot of like social media or stuff when oh, this I was see. going on. So this was just kind of random like dark corners and chat rooms. Oh, but, I see. Um, but my my point is that when someone who is at this level of comic book creating yeah, yeah. <laughs> puts out fewer and fewer issues they are truly cherishable yeah right? is cherishable or like to be cherished right, right? right. Yeah. and so like when this came out i was like oh my god he did it all himself and like you really have to just and, and dave stewart and clem robbins i think but you really do have to just sit there for a minute and like think about this is not this is going to be too hard to take in the first read you know what I mean? It's like I've said this before. It like hurts my eyes. It's yeah. So good. <laughs> like I have to read it and then I have to go back and look at it and then I have to go back and like absorb it. Right. So anyway, I spent a fair amount like of time just deal. staring at yeah. each page and just staring at different parts of each page and different like just appreciating various elements included within each section of each page like i just it's it's really incredible to look at it's been a while since we talked about all of the 
Devil You Know and Hellboy and Hell stuff, the synopsis for this issue says, Hellboy is gone and the BPRD managed to fight off monsters on Earth long enough for humanity to just barely escape underground. But Edward Gray must return to Hell to confront a familiar foe and finish what needs to be done to truly save the world. Let's talk about the cover. The cover is incredible. Yeah. Oh, man. It's just so good. So this there's, a, is... there's a reason Dave Stewart has oh, yeah. 100 Eisners. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, just looking at this, it's like, okay, well, that's Ed Gray, but he looks different. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah, already, why is he like, red? Yeah, yeah. And I, you know me, I always love all these sigils that he makes with his oh, yeah. Yeah. powers. Beautiful. Really nice. And there's Leviathan, right, mm-hmm. in the background? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, I want to say he's on the banks of the river Acheron, right? Or something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where he was. Well, we'll get to it. That's we'll, his whole deal. Yeah, we'll get to it. We'll come back to this. Let's read it. Let's read it. Um, so if you're not familiar, you need a refresher, go check out our episodes number 50. That's where we talk about a lot of this stuff that we're going to reference today, um, as well as episodes 79 through 81 of our episode. That, those are our Hellboy and Hell issues. And then 120 and 121 are where we discuss BPRD Ragnarok. All hey, right. on the pod on the Podbean page, I see that is episode forty nine. Oh, okay. The numbering might be slightly off by one or two. I don't know. I need to look at that. Oh, yeah, because like the outtake episodes, ah, it's different sometimes on iTunes versus whatever. Anyway, thank you for that, Matt. Well, it's Hellboy in Hell Part One. That's yes, what they're looking that's for. What, that's yeah. what you're looking for. Let's read it. Let's read it. <laughs> so we open somewhere in Hell. So what what was great was I went back and I listened to that episode where we talked about Hellboy and Hell. And when we talked about that episode, you know, um, what what's happening right before this is uh, Hellboy gets confronted by Alegos. Edward Gray comes in. He does his little magic. And then Alegos gets stuck in there. That's where Ed Gray's returning to now. But in the at the time when we looked at it, Danielle, you said that his lightning, you were like, it's like it's making a giant sigil mm-hmm. that's just that's what's capturing him or something like that. You yeah. say something like that on the podcast and then you literally see it's still there Yeah, because that's the same shape. So it like, it stayed like that. Like it's not oh, like, that's a, pretty awesome. it's not like a flash of light or yeah. something. It's like padlock. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I, I, I have a feeling that it's, it's undulating though. Like the way that it's drawn makes you feel like it, it is, is kind of constantly yeah. being drawn um, in the state of like, like undulation. I love thinking about this. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. Anyway, Ed Gray floats above the city. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love it. <laughs> There's so much movement here. Yeah. I love this panel so much where he's... <laughs> the little legs. I don't know what so it good. is. It's something about it. And uh, Dave Stewart's colors are so subtle and wonderful. Yeah. Oh, if you yeah. kind of like look closely at the, the sky and the rooftops yeah. and everything, all that, it's very good. We also see the grave that reads Lethe with the dripping faucet. We also saw this in Hellboy and Hell. We talked a lot about it on that Hellboy and Hell part one episode that Matt was referencing. Edward Gray floats into the window of a building and a voice says, Edward Gray, or should I say Acheron? I think that name suits you better. It's a Legos. Hellboy fought this guy in the Sword and the Fury and again in Hellboy and Hell. In fact, they last fought in this building in Hellboy and Hell issue one. That's, like I said, Ed Gray intervened, and then he put that padlock in there and and teleported Hellboy somewhere else. Gray has come to tell Lagos that his master Rasputin is dead. We also see more of a Lagos. We revisit his death, originally done by Duncan Fogredo. 
So I love this when they recreate the art of one, you know, Duncan Fregredo art yeah, and redone awesome. in the Mignola style. I would be stoked if I had drawn that and then Mignola went back and yeah. drew it. I'd be so stoked that would be to see it. Awesome. Yeah. There's a lot of that in here. That's so cool. We see how he dropped into the abyss and became a slave to Rasputin and thus to Rasputin's master, the Andrew Jihad. Gray says that he recognized that power when he fought Alagos in Hellboy in Hell Chapter 1. The power was the dragon with a slight trace of Rasputin. I like that. He's like, it's got a hint of Rasputin in here. I can, <laughs> I can, I can sense that little bit of power or something. This is incredible to look at. Like, I, I read it and then I just stopped and looked at it for right. a long time. The colors. As the it colors. Takes you amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Really good, yeah. Really good. But Alego says he only served Rasputin to find Hellboy because he wanted revenge. Simpler times, Gray responds. I like that that's his response to that. Great line. <laughs> <laughs> but now both Hellboy and Rasputin are gone after a final battle. And we see that scene that was originally done by Lawrence Campbell. It's so good. Uh, it is so epic with Mignola and Dave Stewart's style. God, that's incredible. Lawrence Campbell, book club member. Yes. Oh, oh definitely. Yes. Yeah. Mm. But Alegos doesn't care about any of that because he is coming. He already blessed Alegos with powers. Did you really believe your spells could hold me forever? Alegos asks. I did, actually, Gray responds. They were some of my best. <laughs> I love that. That's so good. Very good. Oh, this page. Amazing. I, again, looked at this page for a very long time. I, I love looking at it. Well, it it's just wonderful. it starts to get more ominous, right? Like yeah. the colors and the yeah. the story. Uh, but I like this subtle detail. I just noticed this now. Alegos, his helmet is slowly coming back together. Mm-hmm. You kind of see that? Yeah. The gap is getting Very smaller. Very good. And um, all the sigils and stuff start oh, glowing. Yeah. Right. And yeah. everything. Man, the colors. Yeah. So uh, Alegos transforms into this giant beast. Alegos. I am Alegos, I commanded 60 legions in this service of hell, and now I am chosen to be his hammer, to prepare his way. We get this giant boom, I love that. I want to say Alegos has had a couple booms. I haven't been counting yeah. his booms. I think he's got at least three or something like that. But I love this hulking form, so he's a little bit more evolved, like his ho- his eye horns aren't as curved, I think, or something like that. Yeah, and they're much bigger. Yeah. Uh, so there's an epic battle. All this is incredible. Like how I he's mean, using sigils. The sigils are flying him. around and everything. Yeah, it's a good one. Gray tries to convince Legos that he's being used and his master's promises are a lie. He is coming in all his glory, Legos says. He is here already in me. Pluton dis ado es exor rama. So I guess that's like that frog language, the Teshethuan language. I translated because Pluto is Greek. So I did like the Google Greek to English translation for that. Did you get anything? Um, yeah, it's a little weird. I give her wealth out of thin air. What? That's what it translates to. That's know. a little weird, right? Now take take account. It, this is Google, right? So <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Google Translate is not based in, but yeah. But it was like there's something there because he is he has been empowered, right? right so I yeah. think he's saying like, haha, I I've being empowered and i don't know yeah it's weird right well yeah i mean he's definitely receiving some sort of power from pluto and uh, we get jinx and dean they come in here to let us know that if we haven't figured it out right they're referring to pluto (laughs) god of the underworld it's true (laughs) i love it's true 
<laughs> I know you're done. Grace says when Beezlebub said that they should remember their brother that he was just panicking. Pluto doesn't have enough power on his own yet, so they can still stop him. He tells Alegos to look at Hell. Since Hellboy was here, this place has changed. Gray tells Alegos something new, something amazing is starting to happen. But Alegos is just infuriated hearing Hellboy's name. I see my king, Pluto Otto S, the first angel and the light of the world. Funny because they correct Alegos when he says he was the first angel and the light of the world. And they're like, first angel? That seems a bit much, don't you think, yeah. Mr. Jenks? And he's like, I do, Mr. Dean. Uh, indeed, I do. So what happened was the Watchers messed up and made the uh, Agju Jihad, right? Yeah. And some of them, Pluto's group, were cast down into the pit, but Satan's team stayed up on Earth. And it was only later at the right. second fall yes. of the angels that they were cast down. And then there was like a turf war between Pluto's guys and Satan's guys. And Pluto's guys got wiped out. But Pluto was like, I'm going to escape. And they let him escape because he went to a place that he could not, that, that he would be imprisoned. So it's like he right, imprisoned right. himself. And that was the only way to live. Because what's funny is like, you're watching people keep fighting in hell. And it's like, are you fighting for your survival? Because I mean, you're already in hell. Like, it, that's like a weird thing, right? It's like, yeah. oh, I'm going to kill you. Well, I'm in hell. Go yeah. ahead. What could happen now? But I think... So I think I finally figured it out. What can happen is you you're sent to the abyss. Oh, and okay. we know from Hellboy in Hell that that is like the last place you want to be. Right. That's right. the worst place of hell. So I think if you end in hell, where in theory you've already ended, you're sent to the abyss. Because I, I really when it came to this issue, I was like, I have to figure this out for myself. <laughs> why is there why are they fighting for their life, like to defend themselves, to survive for right, what? Right. Of course, now hell is a different place, which they'll get to. But anyway, so it just it, this really finally sunk into me that, oh, OK, you're just you're fighting to survive the abyss, to stay out of the abyss. I see. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a good point. Yeah. I had to go back and look at Hellboy and how to remind myself of all that stuff, the turf war and everything. Um, but well, yeah, and I mean, apparently Pluto is beneath the abyss. Look at that. Oh, man. We've seen this a couple times. These kind of like bug monsters. Like when the yeah when, when they had to be judged. Ooh, remember they were like yeah. these. Remember? Well, they're like ethereal bug ghosts. Yeah, or something like that, yeah. right? Yeah. Part, they pop up whenever the ether is happening. So they do talk about Pluto being in Tartarus. This is a deep abyss that is used as a dungeon of torment. As far below hell as heaven is above the earth. There you go, yeah. yeah. It is known as the prison of the Titans. It's a place where, according to Pluto's Georgias from 400 BC, souls are judged after death and where the wicked receive divine punishment. Tartarus is also considered to be a primordial force or deity alongside entities such as earth, night, and time. Hmm. So that's pretty wild. <laughs> So we get that line again. Let him bring his cold fire to relight our burning hell. Mm. Beezlebub. That was a quote from Beezlebub in Hellboy and Hell issue 10. And then we get, uh, is that, that's Amelia Dunn. Yeah. So that one thing that's interesting, when they cut to Amelia Dunn or Jinx and Dean, they'll be human and then they'll be skulls. They'll be skeletons. Yeah. the next time that we they're see still them. A, they're still humans. They're just skeletons. Yeah. Hum uh, they're just the, hum the skeletons of humans. Right. That's my theory of how people see themselves in hell is the way they remember how they looked. But then right. we all because we always see him that way and then we see him as skeletons. And it's like, 
um no this is how you really look yeah. right like we always get that like how you remember yourself but then it's interesting because there's something that happens like at the end of this that made me think of that but uh yeah. or maybe they don't there. really have any corporeal form at all it's just all like you know who whoever is envisioning them sees one thing and then right. another person sees another thing i don't know that's interesting i do like the um I don't even know if it's meant to be taken literally. I just, I love the artistic tack that he's taken with that. I yeah. think that's really, it's jarring. Yeah. It's off-putting, yeah. which I think is the point. I like this idea that Amelia Dunn just has papers flying around her all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's like awesome. a researcher and good. she's just like a skull head whispering doom. Like that's well, like, and... that's really unsettling right there. Yeah. So is she in hell? Like, what does she do? Why would she go to hell? I think that this is just I don't think I don't think those panels are meant to be taken literally at all. I think that's just meant to be right. A informative and B unnerving. <laughs> I think it's just our, yeah, they're great. I think it's just more <laughs> Mignola's personality well, no. coming through this. Well, no. As I, a storyteller like I, he's No, I, I think Matt does have a point because Jinx and Dean are in hell. Maybe are, they are in hell. Yeah, I don't know, maybe they are. We saw them and they were like uh trying to make a map of hell. Right? Sure, well yeah, then yeah. Remember, maybe yeah. they're citizens of Hellboy's three new hell. Whips. Right. Remember the three gold whips? Yeah. yeah. The yeah. guy that made the deal and those soldiers that found him that kept happening to them too. Sure. But what did Jinx and Dean do too? They seem like nice old chaps. What did they do? Uh, probably uh, racist. Right. Maybe. Yeah, probably. <laughs> What'd you say? Racist. Probably racist. <laughs> <laughs> probably so. Yeah, probably all of them. Yeah. Oh, well. But I mean, yeah, I mean, so they're literal denizens of Hellboy's new hell. Yeah, yeah. So that's fine. I just like the, um, you know, tonally and visually, it's so different that it's very, um, it just works somehow. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. So, again, we have an epic battle here. Olegos knocks off Edward Gray's mask, and Gray uses his magic again. He, like, he has that sigil in his word That's bubble good. or whatever. Yeah. And he uses his magic to teleport them. I love that little effect. Like, there's a little spark left yeah. as they disappear. It's just like a little blob. Like, look at that. You know what I mean? We talked about this last time, how it's just like a little shape. You can almost hear it. Yeah, yeah. but it's like... Boop. Yeah, it's good. And I like how he just says, what? <laughs> Very good. The lighting. It's so good. Yeah, I really love it. <laughs> I wish I had more of a critical vocabulary. Right. You know, I wish I was a smarter person because then maybe I would have more insightful things to say besides this is so good. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so good, though. It's so good. It's so well, fucking it's a, good. It's a true depiction of less is more that's oh, for sure yeah. like oh, yeah. you don't need a sound effect you don't need like lots of detail you just give us exactly what we need and that's what i mean like nobody really does that right out outside of this guy like i don't know it's it's to be cherished yeah, <laughs> yeah. How i look at the it. line art the inking and the coloring is all just so masterful these guys that have been doing this for 30 plus years and together and you can tell yeah. They make one hell of a dream team. Yeah. It's so fucking beautiful. When they arrive, Alegos is like, that was a neat trick. And then he continues his battle. He immediately punches. He gets another boom. Yeah, he gets another boom there. But I love this. Uh, after he punches Ed Gray out of the way, then he's kind of like struck by where they are. I love this panel. By the location. Yeah. He's yeah. like, oh. 
We see those like stars. He like turns into a statue or something, right? Right, yeah. It's almost like as soon as he was transported, there was like a split second where he could still take a shot at him before it, it the spell took effect or whatever is happening, right? Oh, yeah. okay. Like something, there's like a shift here where they just suddenly... I don't know. I think he like notices. I think he notices where he is, and he stops and stands and is observing it. But it does seem like he's almost like in a trance or something, right? Yeah, the way he's just standing there. This panel is gorgeous, though. Sad Atron of sorrow, black and deep. Gray responds. Home, Alego says, but a grim place to die. He tells Gray that he will die too. But now, looking at him without his mask and inside his cloak, he wonders if Edward Gray might welcome death. And he wonders about Gray's sad story. Not that it will change anything. Gray says, It was Rasputin, who was not my master, Legos responds. <laughs> of course, Gray continues. When he detected Rasputin's powers in the Legos, he went looking for him. We get another flashback, this time to Devil You Know issue 12. Earlier, I was looking at the Lawrence Campbell pages of this monster scooping up Edward Gray, and they're like exactly the same. Like, the way that Mignola does it and the way that Campbell does it. Awesome. Yeah. Greg gets swallowed up by the sea monster while hunting Rasputin, and he finds all these other people trapped. He remembers Hecate telling him that he will do evil to do good. And Greg consumed all those people, all their magic to escape the monster. At the time, when you read this in Devil You Know, I don't know if you remember this, there is no explanation. They just show Greg... He starts glowing. They all turn to skeletons, and then he bursts out of the dragon, and you're like, what happened? Mm. Oh, all right, yeah. You, okay. and, and we talked about it for a while and speculated, but like here they clearly tell you. Right. Like, in case you didn't get it, this is what happened. And with that deed done, Rasputin could find him. In Ragnarok, Ed Gray says that his soul has grown so black after doing that, after taking all those people's power, that Rasputin was able to find him. Ed Gray thought that he could take the kill Rasputin off Hellboy's list, but Rasputin was too powerful. Now Gray is just a husk of what he was before he was a sewn-together naked guy. Like, sewn-together naked guy with a mask is the best-case scenario for right. him at right. this point, right? <laughs> and, and so at this point, um, Rasputin has the power of the dragon, right? Right. That's how he's, that's how he's able to destroy Ed Gray. They killed the Agdru Jihad, but then Vavara, his secret daughter, transferred the power into him. Right. And so yes. that's why Hellboy was going to have to take him out. Right. That was one of the things they kept saying you're going to have to do. Mm -hmm. And Ed Gray was like, I'll do it. But right. he couldn't. I mean, he got wiped out right away. But I do think it's cool that as soon as he took on the power of all those other people inside of Leviathan, Rasputin like zeroed in on him. He right. like knew exactly where he was. He's right. like, aha, something, something powerful is down here. I'm going to take it out. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Creepy. But we were talking about this, Matt, because they were saying we were trying to reference like where they. There was a part where they said Hellboy has th these things to do. He still has stuff to oh, do. Oh right. Yeah. And all that kind of stuff. And we were trying to remember where that was. So it was a Baba Yaga conversation with Ed Grant. Yeah. Sure. But I think it's an issue one of Hellboy in Hell. Um, and I thought that she had said, like, there was a specific amount of things. I thought she was like, there's three things that he has to do. But I couldn't find that. Oh, she just says he has things left to do or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so, so he died He died three times in order to achieve a new goal of his destiny, right? He died and went to hell, killed Satan, fought Leviathan, fought the Bohemoth. And as long as Pluto stays where he is, hell is remade. And then 
through Roger, he's reborn on Earth. Then he dies fighting Rasputin, right? Yeah. Loses his hand. But that was in order to defeat the dragon's power once and for all. Although the Hem are still now they've taken over the world. And so he has to reclaim his hand from the Osiris Club and die again when he gives uh, Liz the OK to unleash the fire right. and remake the Earth. So and, those are the three things. And it, I think that makes sense because he had to die three times. Right. So that makes it seem significant. Right. OK. That's good. That was very well said, Matt. Very good. <laughs> I'm glad we talked yeah, about I mean, this earlier. Yeah, we were trying well, to figure this like, out earlier. You really, you really put I a thought, nail in it there. Well, I had to think about it for a second. I was like, well, okay, he died three times. So that's got to be like, you know, and they kept saying, it's going to hurt. You're not going to want to do it. Yeah. It's going to be tough, you yeah, know? Yeah. And I think that last time where it was like Hecate's there, and she's like, I told you we were going to be together at the end. He's like, damn it. Yeah. I always thought I could ignore you <laughs> on that. And he had to give Liz the okay. Remember? It's like she's been waiting a long time. Right, he goes, yeah. It's okay, kid, let it go or whatever. Yeah. And then that and then he has to like step into the Iron Maiden. Yeah. It's hardcore. So I mean that's those have to be the things. Right. Yeah. I, when we were talking about it, I was like, Man, what time is it in Australia? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can we make a can we make an international phone call here to get this information? What how many lifelines do I have for Mark Tweedale right now? <laughs> yes. Okay, so good. Now we can come back to the story. <laughs> Olegos tells Gray that in this state he should welcome death. And he starts to summon his hammer. Um, I really like that. So, like, something really awesome happened. Well, the colors are amazing throughout this whole thing, but I really love this beat with the colors because it starts to build in this ominous direction, you know. Alegos is summoning his hammer. He brings it up over Ed Gray like he's going to smash him with it. Gray says that he'd rather die than see Pluto undo everything that's changed in hell. But Alegos, the curse in my life is that I cannot die. And here the colors change completely, right? Oh, so It does good. like almost like yeah. a color fake out or something like that. Well, it's like he's going to swing the hammer down and then like Ed raises his hand. And it's like, it's like he blocked it with like a force field or something. He like just that. summons away the yeah. hammer. He's just like, nope, that's not going to happen. Oh, it's so good. Too this late. is maybe the greatest aha moment in all of these stories that I've ever read. Yeah, yeah. Like, this just, I was like, oh my god. Like, I really gasped out loud at this. Too late and too far away. Pluto is in Tartarus, and here is where I was born. So this is where, I, I love that reveal right there. I always pronounce it Tartarus in my head. I guess okay. that's wrong. Tartarus. I guess that's like tartar sauce. That's not correct, probably. Tartarus sounds way more really ominous and cool. Yeah. Tartarus is what did you say? Tartarus. Tartarus. Maybe Tartarus. It doesn't, maybe it doesn't is... sound as cool as Tartarus though. I don't know. I think you've got it right. I, I think that sounds say... better. How do you say it, Matt? Tartarus. I, I tried to Tartarus I just is tried cool to too. It with a British accent and I still get Tartarus. <laughs> Yeah, Tartarus. no, I like Tartarus you... better. Okay. I think that's cool. I got, I, I'm getting the Tartarus. Well. Yeah, it's good. Okay, there we go. You really do. You have to read Gray's dialogue with that low tone British accent, yes, or else correct. It just because that makes like his form so much cooler, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like for if sure. he had a low voice. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah so where Gray has teleported Alegos back to is the banks of Acheron, where he was born where he was torn apart and scattered on the rocks and stitched back together. And here I learned magic from a ghost, he says. Mm. 
The power you had from your master is spent. Mine is limitless and roaring under my feet. I have only to finally accept that I am not the man I was. No more Edward Gray of England, but of hell. Dope. Okay, so this is why I think when people are shown in hell, they're in like a human form or what I call the way they remember them, their appearance. And then we see them as skeletons. And I think that the alternative is if you are of hell, you can transform, you can evolve, you can go through different stages. When your power flares up, you get wings all of a sudden, right? (laughs) You grow in size. But I I think that that is drawing, um, that takes me back to the way it looks like a person, then it looks like a skeleton. And I think that they're drawing the distinction there. Sure. And and anyway, that fed to my theory a little bit in this moment for the first time ever. Okay, right on. Nice. Uh, Because he says, but of hell. Right, right. It took a long time to build all the way up to this moment. So, like, I kind of went back at this point to, right, like, kind of yeah. look at it again. Rewind it and, and see sort it of again. go through it really quickly visually because then it's so satisfying when you ter- see this page where it's just the aftermath. It's just him standing there with some flames still smoldering at his feet. Yeah. And then looking out, all the colors in the landscape are cool. And then he's very warm. It's right, just very satisfying. Right. So I went back and like looked at everything that built up to this moment, and it was, yeah, yeah. wonderful. Yeah, I really like Really that. good. This panel, it's just such a good payoff visually to mm-hmm. look at this panel. It was very satisfying, and I stared at the rest of this page also for quite a long time because there's something also very satisfying about these figures here. It's like, how could it get more interesting than this? And then it does. It gets more interesting right away, like immediately becomes more interesting. And it's, yeah, I mean, just the visual storytelling of it. This is one of the best pages. Breathtaking. Yeah, this is one of the best pages for sure. It's like, where is it going to go from here? Oh, someplace equally interesting. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. So, um, but one thing that's significant here is Ed Gray has embraced, you know, that he is Ed Gray of hell now. Um, and now he's in this red form, which is really cool. He's destroyed a Legos. He's like crumbled into bits. Like how these guys go cool. Yeah. What are you up to? What are you up to? What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? He's like destroyed Edward Gray at this point. Yeah. yeah. Like he's yeah. They're like, like, hey, buddy. Gray is gone, right? What's going on? What are you, uh, what are you up to? I, and, and it's almost like, uh, like what you were saying, Matt, about as soon as Ed Gray did that thing, he destroyed Leviathan, Rasputin could find him. As soon as he does this, these guys yeah. find him. They're yeah. like, oh, we like, can what sense, are you doing? sense something is going on over They're here. They're like, nice visage. We yeah. dig that. That's a dope look you have there. We also have that look, so you can hang out with us. So Ed Gray asks who they are. Don't you know us, brother? Phlegethon, Cachitis, Styx. Ah, and Atron, Grace says. He's like, oh, I get it. That's okay. me. Okay. <laughs> the Four Rivers of Hell. They're like, yeah, we're in, we're in a band. You want to be in our band? Feel like you would make a nice addition to the band? <laughs> and then we turn the page five, Lethe. Okay, so let's talk about this. We have to talk about this, Matt, because, um, you know, what's funny about that episode where we talk about Hellboy and Hell issues one through four um episode 49 or 50 or whatever it is is on that episode matt you talk about how you had figured out that hellboy was gonna had killed satan and you were like and i didn't write in about it 
And because I didn't write in about it, I lost geek points because mm. I, I couldn't claim that I knew it before it was officially announced. But And they kept saying, nobody noticed. Nobody, nobody noticed. said anything. And I'm like, God damn it. But, yeah. but what's funny about that episode is that on that episode, you theorized that these guys were the Rivers. So they're Deep points reclaimed. They're what thereby creating a stamp in time, undeniable Boom. geek points that you had already figured this out. Because when we were reading those stories, you know, all these spirits come out and they're like the ghost of Christmas past, Christmas future, and all this kind of stuff, right? right? right. And Matt, you had theorized that they were the rivers of hell, and you had even said that this one was Lethe and this one was Kakaitis. Yeah, I messed up on the river sticks. I do still think he's the one depicted on the cover of the Hellboy in Hell Library edition for uh, whatever reason, because okay. there's a panel that mirrors him holding that finger up. But I thought he was Acheron. But yeah, I figured. So that was my theory was that each one of them was a different river in hell and that that first one was Lethe. Yeah, like because that's where I was like, oh, that's Lethe. And just like the beginning, the first page of Acheron here, this comic they show that Lethe drip, drip, drip again. And I'm like, drip, 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 indeed. Yeah. <laughs> like how you roll out the mystery, right? Well, and what's funny is uh, at the time, Mignola had come out and said, there could still be mysteries in hell. Remember? Like he writes it in the yeah. in the note. Yeah. And, and on the podcast, man, you go, I don't accept that. They know who <laughs> exactly. these people are. You know what I mean? And it's like, they did. It's they did, subconsciously or not. But, like, if you go back, because I did go back and look, I mean, it lines up. You see the different faces. It's like you see this one with no eyes. Um, it's totally them uh, in that story. Yeah, it so. was just too, it was too logical. Like, I don't know why he said that guy isn't anyone. Sometimes there are mysteries. Fine. I think maybe he was just trying to deflect. Yeah. But <laughs> but I was like, I, I think he, either, what did I say? Something like, I think he either forgot. Oh, or yeah, he's just lying yeah, yeah. or whatever. But yeah, man, I nailed that one. Geek points reclaimed. Yes, that was really <laughs> awesome. So I'll actually put a sound clip in here of that because I think you have, I think we have this, the timestamps and everything. Oh, awesome. So it's really cool. Yeah. I think this is the ghost of Christmas past or, or supposed to be. I think it's literally Lethe. Did you look that up? Lethe was, uh, also the name of a Greek spirit of forgetfulness and oblivion. Ah. So that's, it's kind of it's nice that he would be the uh, ghost of Christmas past in this story. Right. The ghost of forgetfulness. So um, Lethe was also a river in hell. Yes, mm. and that, that's what I knew it as. So thank you so and much so, for doing that bit of research, Matt. The reason I did it is because they have this weird green panel down here. Yeah. And that is a zoom-in of what's coming out of that statue's mouth that says Lethe on it. Right. Mm. More to come. Yes. I love that. Thank you for pointing that out. That also can explain why um, the ghost didn't have any eyes, because, you know, eyes being forgetful. And yeah. Very good. Okay. Now, look at this, like, waterfall, right? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Think back to the statue of Lethe. Yeah. When he, when he saw the first ghost, and it was, like, a zoom-in. Yeah. And this and is, this so, kind of looks like that zoom in now. Yeah, and then so they go to the next panel. He says, "This is the river Cocytus." Yes, I think that spirit is Cocytus, and ah. that that literally translates to lamentation, and which is basically just bitching. And think about <laughs> think about how you're always bitching about the present, 
Right. Oh, I wish it was more like the past or, oh, one day I hope it's not like this anymore. Yeah. Maybe that's not always true, but I think that's a good reason for Bokaitis to represent the Ghost of Christmas present, so to speak, or, or fill that role here. Sure. And like Lethe, it's another river. There's more to this theory of mine, but we'll get there. Yeah, and thank, thank you for filling that out. And Kokaitis is a river in the underworld in Greek mythology. It flows into the river Acheron on the other right. side, which lies Hades, the underworld, right. and the mythological abode of the dead. There are five rivers encircling Hades. Yeah, but thank you for doing the rest of that research on Kokaitis. And I did have that, that it means lamentation, although I like bitching better uh-huh. as the... <laughs> as <laughs> right. When this came out, you texted me and said... Have you read it? And I was like, huh, what? Oh, it's sitting right here. And I read it and I was like, hey, did I call that on yeah. episode? And you were like, yeah, man. And then I went back and listened to it right away and was like, wow. Yeah. I did call that. Yeah, but I remember you were texting with more than just me at that time. No, like it was, a, it was like all alarm fire. It was funny because uh, we were at band practice and I was on my phone furiously. And Danielle was like, what are you doing? Who are you texting? And I was like, I'm having four different conversations with Mark Tweedell, Matt Strack, Vine, Aubrey, and Wes Matai about this comic that came <laughs> oh, out. So, so cool. cute and adorable. <laughs> so cool. So cool. So that should anyway. have been a group chat, by the way. Yeah, it should have. That's Next the time, one it'll time... Be, yeah, really. Yeah, I'll accept a group chat. On and it was terms. more like, hey, buddy, what are you doing? Because yeah. you were, I was just curious, because you were really excited about something. Yes. And I wanted to be like, what are you, what are you doing? What are you talking to there, pal? Yeah. Styx tells Gray that he has surrendered the man, but clung to the memory. And we get all these memories from Gray's life. This is my favorite part of this comic right here. I really yeah. love this. Um, so we see Edward Gray of Henfield, Game Warden's son, and Witchfinder to the Queen. Witchfinder. 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 This is a recreation of a panel from Hellboy and Hell issue four. Then it says Lost Friends. We see Lilliput, the tiny cow that was given to Ed Gray by the captain. Lilliput. Yeah, who we met in Witchfinder in the service of angels. He told Edward Gray that Gulliver's Travels was a story stolen about his life. That's why he had the little cow. That was his proof. It says Lost Love. We see the ghost lilies of Zora. This was the specter of ectoplasm that Mary Wolf could summon. That was uh, Edward Gray's girlfriend who got killed. Pain. We see Gray being torn apart and sewn back together. And then we get this quote. You will suffer as few men have suffered. Do y'all remember this quote? Uh, I think so. Uh, that was Hecate. Matt, that was wasn't for you. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's okay. Jesus. No, it's fine. <laughs> I know you remember. Uh, we all knew he oh, was going to be the one that answered that. Be serious. <laughs> Let's get real. No, I was, did wait a beat. No, that was yeah, great. he no, did, did wait, wait a, beat. a polite beat. You did wait a polite beat, but uh, yes, that is Hecate from uh, the Darkness Calls epilogue. I like that they come back to that, and then when I went back and looked at bprd ragnarok again they they have it in there too where she says uh you will have to do evil to do good and you get a lawrence campbell hecate Mm. did we talk about that it's so cool like i was like man this is remarkable we we must have yeah anyway good stuff but you mentioned zora who was the spirit that would come through mary wolf in service of angels so she's the first one that ever said a phantom follows you with asheron in uh carved on its head or inscribed on its head or whatever she said asheron's following you around yeah like way back in the first witchfinder series that's right yeah and she also told him that like you know 
if he kept doing what he was going to do, he was going to suffer. You know, so yeah. Lethe reaches out to Gray to take his hand and leave all his memory behind. But to be nothing forever? Gray questions. I love that bottom panel there as he like wonders, you know, what he's going to do. Oh, it's so good. We cut over to Edward Gray's hell bachelor pad. Remember, this is the home of warlock Angus Weir, who now lives in a painting. His house was transported to hell, but because of all the protective symbols on it, it's kind of like this safe zone in the middle of hell. You know, nobody can get to it. I love the subtle colors. Yeah, it's really I nice. Love the colors. We see this skull in there that says Edward. So we saw that same skull in Hellboy in Hell also, and we also see it in Screw on Head. It's the exact same one, like I've looked at, you know, it's like the exact same thing. Anyway, Angus Weir even tells Grey that it's time for him to move on, or stay what he has become, the last demon in hell. I'd rather not be that, Grey says. And the Rivers are like, you should be like us. This is actually pretty cool since Hellboy changed things. Now the Rivers run to new unknown lands and we can all have adventures, right? Mm -hmm. So this is like pretty cool, you know, now that Hellboy's changed hell. The rivers go to all these new places. Um, And as it kind of pans over the colors, there's this color shift that's just beautiful, right? It's kind of like, that doesn't look like hell. You know, that looks like a paradise. Pretty great. They need to have, it needs a new name. Yeah. I do think Last Demon in Hell is a pretty cool title. It is, right? Yeah. So Lethe reaches out their hand again. Only take my hand. And Gray's about to do it. They linger on it for a whole panel. And then he's like, wait. There's just one thing I have to do first. We pan over and we see the city of hell. And then this last page to be continued in Kashi the Deathless in hell. What the fuck? There you go. Awesome. Uh, so th- that's weird that Lethe says, wait, is that how it is in yours? Oh, no. Because I read that as, oh, it's not? No. Is that, are you looking, no. at, the, are you looking at the single issue? Yeah. They must have fixed Lethe it. Lethe says, wait. And I was like, that's weird. Why would he say wait? Oh, uh, weird. Because like, yeah. I thought maybe they Edward Gray it. pulled his hand back and, and Lethe's like, don't do it. Wait, take my hand. Oh, wow. But anyway, well, they switched it. I guess okay. they fixed it in ours. I don't know. Yeah, but we were talking about this earlier. For some reason in the comicsology, this, this last page is very low res. It's low res. Oh, so yeah, I wonder strange. I wonder if like mm. they went in to correct it, but they didn't make they it. forgot to, yeah. They didn't make it high oh, res that's why. or something. I don't know. Weird, I don't know. Because it's interesting. Related. Yeah. So they forgot to save the high res file. Something got messed up there. <laughs> I like how we get a zoom in on the to be continued page and of the buildings. It's the exact same buildings, yeah. but it's just zoomed in in detail. I love the lights on in there. Yeah. It's like somebody's home. There so cool. Go. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, I love that. Uh, so, uh, obviously, we've been super excited for the Kashi in Hell series. And I think issue, as of this recording, issue one has come out. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to go pick it up this weekend so I can read it. It promises to be a feast for the eyes. Yeah. Well, Ben Stenbeck. I mean, Ben Stenbeck is amazing. And I loved Kashi the oh, Deathless, yeah. the original miniseries. So, yeah, I'm super excited for that. But yeah, this issue was amazing to get a full comic of just Yeah, pure John, one might art. say it's a feast for the eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a real payoff for reading these books. Uh if you read yeah. them in order, that's great, but like the wait between issues is uh undefined. You don't know how long you're going to have to wait for a new <laughs> issue to come out, but yeah. it always pays off. Yeah. It always always all it has never not once paid off very poorly it's so rewarding so 
you know, to anybody um, listening to this way down the line, I'm sure that you know what I'm talking about. But yeah, it, it just always pays off, doesn't it? I mean, when have you waited a year or two years and got a comic and not been like, holy cow. Yeah. 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 They had that planned for three decades. Yeah. You know, Consistently like how are amazing. they doing that? I love how it ties into so many different series. And I definitely had to do a lot of research just going back and kind of refreshing myself on a lot of these things, but it all lines up. It's, I mean, it's remarkable how they're able to do that. The way they write these stories is they know what they want to talk about. And then they put, they used to refer to it as branches with buds on the end. And some of those buds will blossom and some won't and some will later. And you know what I mean? So they put these things out there for people, like we were saying earlier, where it's, it's like, um, uh, what were you saying, Danielle? When, when we have head cannon around a story it's a sign of your appreciation for what they've done right yeah absolutely and it's like the biggest compliment you can give them is to continue to tell their story in your head for sure these stories ask you to do that oh yeah right they they give you plenty of room to run with and i think that's one of the funnest parts of it and then we get to get together on the podcast here and talk about like what connected and like it's so i don't know it's like a thrill ride yeah. It's really thrilling. It's like, it's amazing. Like anytime somebody goes, Com- you read comic books, which people still do to this day. I'm like, man, you have no idea. You have no idea what you're missing. Yeah. 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 Do you think that we will ever, do you think that we will ever get anything else like this? Like, will Mignola do another full issue of a comic? I mean, do you think that there's still. Sure. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean yeah. where are we at with, where are we at with Pluto right now? I guess, yeah. Like, there's... like, is this story over? Right. What right. about these guys? Yeah. He's well, gonna. He can't resist. He's well, gonna see a thing that he's gonna want. He's like, I want to draw that. Well, what I'm thinking, what what I'm thinking is like maybe the Kashi and Hell series is gonna answer some of these questions with Pluto and all this stuff, and maybe at the end of that series we'll get some Mignola stuff, like the last couple pages or something. I don't know. Just based on like trends of what they have done in the past. But I don't know that we would get another full issue like this. I don't know. He can't help it. He's gonna. Yeah. He, he's I think, gonna. I do think. It. I think he's. I think he'll get us another. He's one. working on something right now, probably. Yeah. Well, I don't think it's a. Well, he did just kind of talk about it in that interview with Mark. I think it like came out today. Oh really? But, okay. Yeah, he's he and he has said this before, and lots of people say it. Um, lots of famous creators will say, you know, as soon as I say something's over. I'm like, well, but what if I did this? Yeah, and then yeah, I'm off the yeah. So, like, it's not over. He's the kind good. of guy he can't much. not do it. Well, I, I yeah. did see that. That was from that quote today. Yeah, he did say that. He was like, every time I feel like I'm done with this universe, I'm always like, but what if this happened? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Yeah. yeah. It's so good. Oh, my God. And it's like the hairs on my neck stand up when I think of, well, see, I got to cut my mic. I cannot talk about <laughs> this stuff. You guys do not read ahead. It drives me nuts. Uh. <laughs> not really not really i just have to show amazing restraint uh you're, well, doing, you're doing a very good job yeah thank you so much matt for joining us for this episode um i thought it was really great i loved all your research and your insights so thanks yeah. for like going the extra mile to bring Super in all those good. details really appreciate that oh what do you mean geeking out yeah having yeah. <laughs> o'donnell rants no problem awesome. <laughs> call me anytime <laughs> Very good. Um, yeah, so I hope everyone is having a good holiday. I hope you're reading some Hellboy comics, catching up on some comics. Let us know what you're checking out, and let us know what you thought of this episode. Um, I thought, like, we normally read stuff that's been collected, but 
you know, I felt like a, a lot of people have been asking us to talk about this, and it's kind of like Chris. It came out last Christmas, so I figure, you know, this was a good time to come back and just like dig into this little Mignola special little story. So anyway, uh, hey Matt, let us know what's going on with the letter hack in your world. Okay, I'm allowed to announce a project. Ooh. You know how like I always say I have projects I'm working on, but I can't talk about Ooh. them, and then they either Ooh. eat her out or not. And you still can't talk about them. I can talk about one. There's a movie. You can watch this on Prime. Uh, it's called Mondo Hollywoodland. Mm. And I'm adapting it to comic. Oh, so I've been wow. Hired. Yeah. So you can go watch it now. It's um, The whole thing was filmed with an iPhone. So it's it's one of these like really edgy, independent films. If you know about Mondo movies, anything with Mondo in the title is sort of like, buckle up. This is going to be a weird one. Yeah. right? <laughs> so it's a very cool, fast-paced movie. I watched, well, I'm adapting it to a comic, so I watched, like, it's an hour and 40 minutes. I watched it for, like, eight hours one day. Wow. Like, adapting it, you know, like, slowly but surely. And it's been a really fun project, and I'm off and running. Uh, I'm going to do the entire thing, all of the art and lettering myself. So, anyway, I just want to encourage people to check out the movie so that when the comic comes out, you know, you can have that point of reference. Hell, yeah. That's awesome. So awesome. Wow. I'll link it in the show notes um, yeah. so you can check that out on oh, Prime. Cool. Very cool. Talk a little bit about uh, your YouTube channel. Oh, yeah. I live stream every Monday night, 9.30 p.m. Eastern time on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash the letter hack. Uh, I just did a subscriber drive last week where I did every night, Monday through Friday, instead of just the one night. And I got like 240 new subscribers. So hey. I think it went well. My goal was to hit. 500 and i ended up over that so that was cool that's awesome I'm, I'm, nice i'm building the community and viewership organically i'm not like getting bots and fake subs which i think you can do you know i'm doing it like as grassroots as possible so it's a fun community uh i always have like a bunch of people from all over the world uh in the chat and we have a good time talking about art comics yeah. leftist podcast fun. and and politics and progressive media and stuff like that so it's a, it's a really cool unique place to hang out and um yeah it's fun it's just me rambling while drawing for an one to three hours a night sounds it, good but yeah that's that's <laughs> it, every monday 9 30 p.m eastern time it is fun to watch you I and mean, you just kind of like i haven't been able to catch one in a couple of weeks but uh when i do it's just like i was like oh, i'm just gonna tune in for a second and it's just like just listening to you yeah. talk and it's just like Oh man! And then I get into the chat and talk with other people, and there are other book club members in there too. So you hang out. It's pretty yeah. cool. Wes is in there sometimes. Nice. Yeah, it's fun. Sometimes the people I'm drawing show up. Like yeah. um, I was drawing people from the Young Turks, and they'll show up in the chat, or you know, it's it's pretty cool. So you never know. We got celebrities in the chat, but nice. yeah. And so if nice. you can't catch it live, the replay videos are always there, and I always do time lapse videos. So you can watch like a three hour. Uh, live stream in like three seconds yeah, yeah. or 30 seconds you know so anyway if you don't have the time you can always watch a time lapse very cool yeah. awesome yeah i'll definitely link all those in the show notes and now arby's gonna say all the things all right everybody astronaut i've actually been waiting to talk to you about this size for about a year now yeah. <laughs> so i'm um, glad we finally get to do that uh, and i want to hear what you thought you can send us a hey you damn guys at hellboybookclub at gmail.com Follow us on Facebook at Hellboy Book Club Podcast and on Instagram and Twitter at Hellboy Book Club. You can also find all of our resources on our Podbean website, our Facebook About section, and our link trees on Instagram and Twitter, if Twitter hasn't exploded yet. <laughs> As always, a special thank you to 
Paul from Gotahan for the listener feedback theme. Thank you, Paul. Uh, thank you, Matt, for joining us today. Um, you can find thank the you. podcast where you ever get your podcast from. And when you're there, open it up and give us that five-star review. And if you're enjoying what you're hearing on the book club, uh, tell a friend. Have them join up. Yes, do uh, it. Next week, we're taking the week off. It's the holidays. Uh, but we'll be back in two weeks over at uh, Book Club Member Comics, where we'll be reading Catwoman, Lonely City, Issue 4 by Cliff Shane. Yeah. Yes. So you guys uh, know what to do. Um, and we'll be back here on the Hellboy Book Club podcast like sometime in January for sure. Yeah, we'll be doing Silver Lantern Club with Wes Matthias. Ooh. There you go. I think I actually have that physical issue. Um, so you guys know what to do. Pull out them back issues, trades, digitals, and join us. You read a story. We talk about it, <laughs> and it's a book club. Get so organic. Uh, uh, and join us next week. All right. Join us in two weeks at Book Club Member Comics, and next month we'll be back at the Hellboy Book Club Podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm John Salinas. I'm the personification of a metaphorical river in hell. <laughs> and I'm Matt Strackpine. And I'm Aubrey Loveless. I learned magic from a ghost. Yes. Yes. Spooky.